Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and welcome and this is not going to be a pleasant show today i'm telling you that right damn now so if you are an aaron Rodgers supporter if you are an aaron Rodgers lover you need to turn off your radio and go to that milk toast kiss ass place that everybody else that really wants green and gold glasses to wear goes to go Pat, go okay honest question are we running it into the ground? Because I want—I just want to sit here and play no. Packer Ventline for the next hour. But if you guys already did that for an hour, then well, we did. You know, I, I can do an hour more. I we, love it. It, it. This is this is this is just gold. I love it. We did it for an hour basically, but it's so delicious. Yes, and and it's become so inexplicable as to why they're deciding to turn on the quarterback. That I really, I feel that this show is all about payback. For 1992 to now, for all the quarterbacks that we've had to watch, for for the all the utter <laughs> but they're, crap, but they're turning on. No, I know, it's but like they don't understand what's happening. But that's what I'm saying is this is this is us looking at them and saying Kelly Holcomb, Christian Ponder, Spurgeon, win. And they're saying, yeah, but our guy's no longer but is, good But isn't it weird that they're, so obviously there's something wrong with the Packers the last couple of years, but isn't it weird that of all the things you could list that are wrong with the Packers, that apparently... People who watch the the team closely across the border think that it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. Go, Pat, go! Tonight, this loss, this season, the Dunn Club is on Aaron Rodgers. One hundred and seventy million dollars worth of crap tonight. He wasn't throwing the ball to checkdowns. He wouldn't live to fight another day. He stunk tonight. Don't tell me about deep passes and all the great things that he can do when the obstinance does not allow this team to win because of number 12, period. This one is on Aaron Rodgers. Done. The season is over because of Aaron Rodgers. Gary Ellison, how are you doing today? That's, uh, that's our buddy Bill Michaels on the fan in Milwaukee, the Green and Gold post game show. A supposedly sane host of a show. <laughs> that's the incredible thing. If that was the callers, if that was the fans, here is a here's a good conspiracy theory from our guy Will Searcy at Will underscore seriously on Twitter. Here he sent this to uh, to all three of us, uh, Manny, Judd, and Phil. Could Rodgers be torpedoing this season on purpose to ensure that Mike McCarthy is fired? No, because Mike McCarthy is. He's torpedoing his own season. 
What, what incentive would Mike McCarthy have to torpedo? Um, he, what, that doesn't make any sense. Because he's lost his mind and he's crazy? Fourth, fourth and two from the 33, down by three, you punt? Well, then after the game, he said he was playing the percentages. No, he wasn't. Like, what percentages? Okay, who handed you that paper of percentages? Because that person should be fired, too. But if you're, I mean, there's mostly Vikings fans listening to our show right now. And I got to think, a lot of you were watching the game last night thinking, either way, if the even if Seattle loses that game, that's a wildcard team that all of a sudden has a 4-6 and six record. And now Seattle's back to 5-5. Five and five. Vikings are still in front. But... That was a free house money game for Vikings fans last night because even if the Packers had won, well, that's okay. Uh, the consolation prize is a wild card and Seattle is out. But it's probably a little sweeter that not only did Green Bay lose, they blew a fairly significant lead, double-digit lead, and people are blaming maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. People have lost their minds in Wisconsin. We have been trained with quarterback beer goggles to know what's a good quarterback and what's not. And they obviously haven't, and this is hilarious. This is now why, though, that the more I examine this, that it becomes imperative that the Vikings win the division this year. The Lions are back to being a complete dumpster fire. They're a joke again now. The Packers have fallen apart. They have, they still have one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of this league, and they have come unglued. And Chicago's improving and and pretty good, but they're really not there yet. This is if you're the Vikings, you have to take this division absolutely by the throat. Now you've got the the highly paid quarterback, you've got a really good defense. This is your division. Yeah. Starting Sunday night, this is your division. I'm actually glad you brought up the Detroit Lions here because we have more audio. And again, this is just more reason. Yeah, things haven't gone a hundred percent smoothly for the Vikings this year. You know, they did lose to the Bills, and they you know, even that win against the Eagles now looks kind of meh. So they, the Vikings have their own stuff that they're dealing with, but. Not compared to Green Bay, and apparently not compared to the Detroit Lions. Matt Patricia, with four games on the horizon in indoor climates, had his team practicing in the snow yesterday uh, and this week. And he brought a written statement to the podium. So just like, sometimes we get annoyed by little things. Mike Zimmer, okay, clock management, and... Okay, sometimes he gets surly with the media here and there. So, but I, we've, we've got it pretty good if you're a fan or if you're out there covering like you do at Winter Park and Matthew Collar. we got it pretty good with Mike Zimmer in this town when you compare it to this guy. Again, it's about the preparation. It's about how we practice. It's about our execution. And then it's about how we perform on Sunday. That's all that really matters. So that's just all we're trying to do. There's no more discussion. There's no more conversation about it. I'd like to move on and show a little bit more respect to Carolina, the Panthers, Coach Ron Rivera, his outstanding team that he's bringing up here to play against us and the challenges that we have, in fact, trying to stop and prepare for them. We're going to be practicing inside today, just so everybody's clear, all right? Make sure everybody's good with all the head coaches in the room on that. Everybody good there? So, again, there's some wind out there, some gusts. Probably a good idea to practice inside and make sure we have some good timing. It's all based on what's best for the team at that moment. We good? Yeah, you're fired in five minutes. Oh yeah, he should not serve. Oh, so condescending. He, well, well, but the other thing Gosh. is, play the second soundbite again and listen to the end and listen to who it sounds exactly like. We're gonna be practicing inside today, just so everybody's clear. All right, make sure everybody's good with all the head coaches in the room on that. Everybody good there? So again, there's some wind out there, some gusts. Probably a good idea to practice inside and make sure we have some good timing. It's all based on what's best for the team at that moment. We good? Who is that? I don't know. It's Tibbs. 
The line okay. is, it's, al- it's always going to be, when you have no clue what you're doing, when you're just an out-of-control buffoon, you use the <laughs> phrase, it's all best on what's on, it's all based on what's best for the team. Yeah. But the weird thing is, you can't say that Tom Thibodeau and Matt Patricia are, are buffoons who don't know what they're doing. That's, that's an inaccurate portrayal. Because obviously, like, these guys are smart enough to have coordinated and even coached in certain situations. But it's like they lose their minds when... Something doesn't go the perfect way that they want it to go. So Matt Patricia, like to what Manny just said, the condescending thing, you don't have any equity. In fact, the coaching None. tree you come from doesn't have any equity. Like you should you should have some self-awareness yeah. as a disciple of the Bill Belichick coaching tree to know, all right, this coaching tree is mostly a laughing stock. And so whatever equity I thought I had, I have even less and have to be a little bit more respectful. You have to respect the process, maybe, well, Matt Patricia. The buffoon factor is based on this, and and it becomes crystal clear. When you have risen to a level that you can't do do the job effectively. So Matt Patricia, probably, seemingly, a good coordinator, right? Tibbs, probably, at one time, a very good assistant coach defensively. Mm -hmm. But when these guys get to a level where they can't control things, and now it spirals on them, they come up with phrases like we're doing I'm doing based on what's best for the team and and fans and media look at them and like no no this isn't what's best you went outside you went outside on a Thursday with four consecutive indoor games the division is losing its mind and the Vikings can put a stake in the heart of another team in their division on I mean the, the Vikings you got two teams that are just imploding right now with coaching strife and the quarterback hates the coach in Green Bay and the quarterback might be sabotaging a season and all you have to do is take care of Mitch Trubisky on Sunday and let's face it, the division is probably yours. I don't see the Vikings losing to the Packers in two weeks at this point. I do not see that team. The Packers don't feel like a team ready to galvanize and come together, right? No, no. (laughs) Rally around Mike McCarthy. Yeah, no. Oh, they're ready to cash this thing out right now. Missed field goal hurt him again. And then also Aaron Rodgers and his obstinance and stubbornness not to throw the damn checkdowns time and again throughout this game cost them the game and cost them the season. $170 million paperweight. It's not worth it. Stop, Bill. Come on, man. No. No, come on. No. Come on. Bring bring it back. No. Come on, Bill. Stop. Come back. Come on, Bill. Wait. Come on, Bill. Come on, Bill. Bill, Bill, no. Bill's just gone. No, the microphone's on. Bill, no. Bill's just got his ears, his fingers in his ears. No, no. He's that little kid throwing a temper tantrum. Bill's got support, though. Oh, yeah. He's got support. Didn't you say that? Yeah. He's getting support on Twitter. Yeah, so he, I love me some big unit too, but he's off his rocker, man. <laughs> so Bill tweeted out a picture of like this open checkdown that he didn't throw to, and people are agree- agreeing with him. This one's from Mike on Twitter. This is why Alex Smith makes the playoffs almost every year. He's not afraid to take what the defense gives him and doesn't oh, oh, care God. about his stats. Only winning. Okay, think about what's happening in Green Bay right now. Like you, this is this is when 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 quarterback. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, when you've been this spoiled for 25 years at quarterback, and now you've short-circuited, and you are hoping for more checkdowns, more checkdowns. <laughs> That's what I said last Speaking hour. Like, how many times? I'm sorry, Jonathan. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mike, Mike on Twitter must be a show member here in this room. He says, uh, "As a Viking fan, this is treated at Bill Michaels. As a Viking fan, thank you so much for last night's green and gold post-game show. It was pure entertainment. By the way, Christian Ponder and Sam Bradford are still available. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, but it, what's, what's crazy to me is how many times did 
we over here across the river from them complain about Brad Childress's the the kick ass offense and the check downs to Tahi and on third and nine and all the check downs and even with Teddy Bridgewater it was all Teddy checks down too much. And these people are complaining Dude. that Rodgers is not checking down. What? A- Aaron Rodgers found a fourth string tight end sixty yards in the air on the runoff one leg. Yeah. And these and these guys are calling for more checkdowns. <laughs> Determine that Aaron Rodgers is uncoachable and nobody can coach him, then Rodgers has to go. They get a boatload of picks and people. Go, Matt, go. Man, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network is going to join us when we come back. And later on, we'll also have the football hour with Matthew Collar and Sage Rosenfels. And write that down coming up in about 20 minutes as well. Every Friday on the Mackey and Judd Show, I sit down with Dale Tondrick and we discuss long-term financial strategy, how to plan for retirement, how to make sure that you and your family are secure and set up going forward. I mean, every one of these games, I think you felt like there were moments where, okay, the Packers are about to take control. And for whatever reason, they're not taking control of these games. They're not taking advantage. They're having you know, an unbelievable amount of one thing that jumped up to me uh, from what I saw last night was just the number of special teams miscues and penalties. I mean, how many times have they, they fumbled on a punt, fumbled on a kickoff, held somebody to wipe out a big return? Uh, Ron Zucks, the, the special teams coordinator there, and has to be pulling his hair out. And offensively, you get the ball back with five minutes to go. I mean, I'll take that situation every time with Aaron Rodgers. And for whatever reason, you know, Rodgers misses a throw on third and two. There were other things that went wrong in that game. It's just it's not coming together. And they got a huge one here next week against the Vikings. You lose that, and all of a sudden you are really – uh, behind the eight ball, even with a relatively soft finishing schedule. So, Tom, I get the angst, and and I get the angst going back to when the defense started to erode under Ted and all of that. What I don't understand, though, is we've seen to, we've seemed to have turned the corner towards blaming the quarterback, and this is a a um, a team that's essentially had two quarterbacks and both Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks since 1992. So the craziness to us today in playing these sound bites is not the Packer fans are mad. That's understandable. It's that they're now taking their angst out on Aaron Rodgers. I think because the bar has been set so high for Rodgers where we've just seen him so many times in those clutch situations make the big plays. You know, third and two, he, he grounds the football last night, misses the throw. You know, there were some other throws that, that didn't work out. He also makes, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, the one touchdown pass down the field. I mean, who else in the league is making that pass. He still is making the spectacular plays. It seems like you know a few of the routine plays here and there have, have not gone his way. And I'm sure that Rogers is, is frustrated himself with some of those things. I was you know, I was out there um, throughout the week in Seattle, um, you know, but watched their Rogers press conference. I talked to Mike Daniels on the phone for a while. Everybody feels as if you know they're about to they're about to have that breakout game. We haven't seen the Packers just kick somebody's ass this year. Every year it feels like there's a few of those games where all of a sudden they explode for forty plus points, and they just have not done that. They haven't found that rhythm. And you know, again, I think a lot of it comes back to in those clutch moments. You know, if you talk to football fans, they'd say if you want any quarterback, it's it's Aaron Rodgers. And you know, in a bunch of those moments, not that they've all been his fault. I mean, he can't do much uh, to make Ty Montgomery not fumble the ball coming out of the end zone, but they've not been able to close out the close games, which has really been the hallmark of the Rodgers era. So, you know, the frustration immediately uh, has people pointing fingers at 
the guy who makes the most money and has the ball in his hands on every snap. I think that that's, that's pretty normal, even if it's abnormal when you're talking about where the Packers have been at that position, to your point, Phil, for the past 25 years. So, Tom, on the Vikings, Vikings and Bears, Vikings get back-to-back primetime Sunday night games in the division here, and then their, their season story will likely be told here in the next couple of weeks to a large extent. You can draw a line across their schedule, and like the Vikings' wins and losses tell basically the whole story. Uh, they've they've lost to the top teams in the NFC, tied the Packers. The loss to the Bills was head scratching, but they've beat the teams other than the Bills that they should beat. And right now, the Eagles on the road is probably their trademark win, although that doesn't look as great as it did a couple weeks ago. What's your read on where the Vikings stand right now, and how much do you think Sunday's game against the Bears will tell us about where they stand in the NFC? I think that's going to be big because this is really a you know kind of a spotlight moment for the Bears too. I mean, go back to the Bears wins. It's not exactly like they're knocking off contenders left and right. Um, you know, they had the week one against the Packers. That was a game where they had a big lead. It slipped away from them. They've they've caught some teams at the right time this season. This is a this is a big moment, I think, even more so for the Bears than the Vikings, just because it's Matt Nagy in his first year. Everybody's looking at this. They've put up some good numbers. Certainly they've got some, some really good players on that team. But are they ready, you know, in prime time to win a game like this? This, I think, is going to be a, a big test for them. For the Vikings, I think that it's just a matter of continuing to build off of the rhythm that they – they feel like they've found a little bit offensively. You know, it has not been easy. So much of their offense, I know we've talked about this before, was designed through the offseason to take advantage of all the different things you could do with Dalvin Cook. Assuming that he is back 100%, can, can take a normal snap load, that makes a huge difference uh, for everything else. And the defense has looked very much like a Mike Zimmer defense over the past, what has it been, three, four weeks. Um, you know, they're certainly playing a lot better. Everson Griffin's return makes a huge difference. They've got a lot of really good players on that side. I don't think that this is going to be necessarily the make-or-break game of the season. You look who they've got after it. I mean, the Packers and then the Patriots and, and the Seahawks team that, again, I think has been underrated by a lot of people this season. Those are all going to be big games. But, you know, in this moment to kind of seize – Seize that spot, I think, um, you know, mentally just for where they are. And to keep the Bears from feeling like they've got control of the division, this is, this is a pivotal one for sure. How many head coaching changes do you expect to see after this year, Tom Pelissero, probably starting with Mike McCarthy being gone from Green Bay? Well, that was, that's potentially one to watch, although I think Mike McCarthy would have another job in about 10 seconds. Uh, there's just there's not a really deep group of candidates this year, and I've had this discussion, I've been on the phone most of the day, I've had the conversation with several different people, and every year I feel like it's a little bit this way, but this year more than ever, it's like, okay, there could be somewhere between seven to nine openings. Historically, you would say there's about seven every year. Last year, I think there were six, which was a light year. It's going to be somewhere in there, but who is filling those jobs? Who, who, where are the candidates coming from? I mean, Mike McCarthy, if he were to, to not be in Green Bay anymore, he would land a job immediately. John Harbaugh, if you were out in Baltimore... I think he would have another job immediately. There's a possibility if Jason Garrett were out in Dallas, he'd be back into that pool. And then you've got some, you know, the John Filippos of the world, who I think are positioned pretty well, Dan Campbell down there with the Saints. And there's a lot of question marks, you know, whether Josh McDaniels uh, gets another opportunity. Uh, that That's certainly one to watch. There's a lot of really young coaches. There's everybody searching for the next Sean McVay. Uh, there's some names that people are going to become familiar with, like Zach Taylor and Shane Waldron out there with the Rams. Uh, if Lincoln Riley wants to go to the NFL from the University of Oklahoma, he can do that. I'm pretty confident in that. So there's definitely interest on that end. And my understanding is he's at least interested in, in listening. 
if he were to get a call. You know, it'll probably, as much as you can right now look and say there's as many as, um, as one person laid out to me today, a dozen jobs that potentially could come open. Realistically, there are going to be a few teams that look out there and say, well, we can't get better, so why are we going to fire this guy? In other words, we, there's not a certainty of this candidate that we're going to come up with, so you know, maybe we stay the course this year and kind of see how things shake out. Those are, those are all moving parts here, but you already have one head coach out with you, Jackson, who's now actually back on the staff of the Bengals, and I'll be out there for that game on Sunday uh, in Baltimore as they uh, take on the Ravens. Uh, you're going to see other teams here. Once you get a firing in late November, early December, that's where all of a sudden you tend to have a bang, bang, bang effect because then everybody else goes, okay, we've got to be able to ramp up our, our search in earnest as well. Tommy, you kind of answered my next question of, you know, in terms of coaches in the college ranks. You mentioned Lincoln Riley. Is there anybody else in the college ranks that you're hearing about that might potentially be? I know David Shaw's name has come up from Stanford a few times over the last few years. Is there anybody else in the college ranks that could potentially think about the NFL? Yeah, I mean, David Shaw comes up every year. He's got maybe the best job in America. I mean, he's, he's in his backyard. He's at Stanford. Yeah. You know, if he wins nine games every year, he's a hero. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like the appetite is there. Uh, if a really, really good job came open, it's possible. Um, that's definitely one name to keep in mind. Um, you know, James Franklin's name has come up a few times. Um, doesn't seem like that's on the front burner this year. A guy that has been a little bit off the radar, but uh, is someone I hear a lot about, is Matt Campbell at Iowa State. He's a young guy. He's probably a couple of years away um, from making that type of a leap to the NFL. Um, but somebody who it seems like is really highly thought of, somebody who maybe even, you know, I mean, it's always tough when you got college coaches to interview them for NFL jobs because, you know, as Jeff Jagodzinski found out once upon a time, they don't like that. They might fire you for interviewing for an NFL job. Um, but, you know, there's always the guys like Jim Harbaugh, too, who are, you know, have really good jobs. Harbaugh's winning right now in Michigan, but that's another name that every year is going to pop up just by virtue of, again, there aren't enough of those guys. He has had success at the NFL level, and if he all of a sudden decided he had done enough at his alma mater, he might uh, be willing to move on. Yeah, Tom Pelissero, NFL Network. You uh, traveling this weekend? Baltimore, baby. Be out there for uh, the Bengals and the Ravens, and with Joe Flacco doubtful, it could be uh, a little bit more Lamar Jackson when we've seen to this point, so that should be pretty interesting. Right. Say hi to our friend uh, Rich Gannon out there, too. He'll be doing the broadcast. Dueling, dueling talking purple guests on the Mackey and Judd show, and Baltimore this week. We'll just we'll record a segment with both of us, <laughs> one mic. It won't be awkward at all. Play that next week twice, and we're done. That works, yes. Take take some time off. All right, Tom. Good stuff, man. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, boys. Tom Pelissero, uh, also a founding father of 1500ESPN.com, where you can find all kinds of Purple Podcast episodes this week, uh, Sage Rosenfels and Matthew Collar, and Purple Live on Demand, and you'll be able to hear Sage here in the football hour in like 45 minutes from right now. Oh, and we'll be sprinkling in plenty of Packer Vet line throughout the show, too. Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session. Can Judd Zolgad stop his terrible, terrible last three months? How confident do you feel? Do I want to? <laughs> uh, Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Right, it's been a really rough stretch for Judd here. Judd, Judd was hitting over 300 at the halfway point of the write that down season. And yeah. 
It's mostly been uh, 1 for 11s and 0 for 10s, and it's been bad. Not quite as bad as Manny, who started predicting about three months ago and like still hitless. doesn't have a hit. Yeah, I know. It's bad. You're over. I'm like a American League pitcher right now. Just That's fl- just trying just to flailing. survive, just flailing at anything. <laughs> we, we should all be sent down. We should all be demoted. Well, speak for I yourselves. Be like the California Penal League that Rick Vaughn came from. Ooh, I, sort of, I sort of like that one. That's good. That'd be fun. <laughs> you just like the word penal because you're 12 years old. Pe- no, he said penal league. Write it down. You like writing things down. Well, let's start. Let's start here. Manny, you had nothing come off the board, so at least your batting average, uh, well, it can't get worse. It's zero. Maybe I've already been DFA'd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that might have been what happened. Uh, I had, let's see, Jose Barrios receiving Cy Young votes, multiple. He did not. And I said Tom Izzo, after all the stuff that was happening and the controversies, that he would not coach Michigan State in 2018-19. But unless I missed something. No, he he skated on that. He's still coaching them. He's coaching away. I did, however, predict, so this is a this is a single up the middle, which is fitting, that Joe Maurer would announce his retirement after the season is over. So. Yeah. Little gimme there, little uh, little drag bunt or something. Uh, the listeners will come to will come back to Judd here to see if he broke his streak in a second. The listeners, Dale predicted the Vikings would go four and two in the division and eight and eight overall. That's not mathematically possible anymore. And Tom F <laughs> also gets a single when he said Joe Maurer would retire after the season. Single yeah. the left, by the way. Sharp, sharp, That's a, hit, yeah, little flare or, left. Okay, that's exactly where that went. Uh, Matthew Collar had a couple predictions come off the board as a guest predictor. He said Adrian Peterson would not play past week six, and then he would never play in the NFL again. Adrian is on pace for 1,000-plus yards and comeback player of the year. Mm, interesting. Uh, Collar also said by week nine, the Falcons would fire their offensive coordinator. Did that happen? That didn't happen. Sarkisian's right? still there. Yeah, he didn't get fired. I mean, it's probably pretty It was a good prediction. Though. It was yeah. very solid. Yep. Uh, his radar was correct. All right, on to Judd. Let's see here. Let's see if you can grind out a hit. You said Joe Maurer would finish his career as an angel. It should have been a Yankee. No, but it should have been. Either way. Could have possibly gone out as a World Series champion if, if he had fulfilled the promise that I made for him to be traded to the Yankees. Would he have been the difference? Would the Yankees have You don't know that he wouldn't have been. He Can't could have helped him it. off the bench. New York, New York. Uh, you said Charlie Coyle would be traded in the offseason. He actually scored a goal last night for the first time in 10 games, so I was right about that. He should have been. Uh, you, yeah, it, you know, listen, if teams won't listen, it's yeah, not your it's, fault, No, right? it's not my fault. That's people always used to blame me for the it's happening hashtag. You're jinxing them. Hey, if they can't handle the pressure of the hashtag, it's not my fault. I give out good ideas, and if they and if teams don't fulfill the ideas I give them, that's not my fault yeah. at all. Uh, you said Eduardo Escobar would be back with the Twins this upcoming season. He insta-signed a three-year contract with the Diamondbacks. I don't get that, because he didn't sign a, that for that much. Unless his agent had a full temperature of the room of 10 other teams that would sign him. I don't understand the, why you'd rush to sign a contract yeah, without going to free agency. That was weird. Uh, and you said, this is where we need the room to vote here for Judd, okay? You said, this is, this. I, I, I try to type these in verbatim, okay? All right. And this is where write that down gets to be tough. Is Jonathan still in there? I can't see behind oh, the wall. Yeah. So we've got panelists here. We've got Manny, Jonathan, me. Yep, don't forget. I, I help you guys out a lot. Judd said the Gophers would fire defensive coordinator Rob Smith after the season. Mm. After the season. 
Well, the season was pretty much done. <laughs> what do you oh, mean? you're moving the goalposts, John. No. I mean, the season was well, be Let's be honest. The season was finished. I mean, that's, that's open for interpretation. Listen, this is, I feel like Judd has been a victim of these specific predictions more often than anyone in the history of Write That Down, where he'll say, you know, something, something, something with this, a specific yeah, qualifier right. that, that makes the well, goalposts too uh, narrow. I challenge you guys. Was the gopher season really still a thing when Rob was... What do you Smith mean? They're, they're they they're one. They, I think they're bowl eligible at five wins, aren't they? Phil, I think yeah. we I think we can give them it if they don't make a bowl game. Okay. We can put it on hold. Ooh. Yeah, we can put it on hold. It's pending review because of that. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. We're gonna we're gonna look at we're gonna check the replay in New York and we're gonna have like a. I think re- that's fair. Three week okay, review so, here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna vote against that, Manny. You're the swing vote. You're the swing vote. I say let's put it up for review. Okay. If the Gophers don't make a bowl game, should we make this a poll? Yes, actually. Okay. okay. Yeah, let, 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 let's yeah. let's agree instead of the contingency. Put it put it on the poll, and the people will decide on behalf of Judd. Yeah. And the specific prediction was the Gophers will fire defensive coordinator Rob Smith after the season. Mm-hmm. Does so Judd deserve credit? So if they don't make a bowl game, then Judd would be vindicated, right? He'd be correct. No, I'm saying right now, regardless of a bowl game or not. Okay. With the wording of it? On the wording of the, like the spirit of it is correct, but the the qualifier was after the season. I would ask. You could have said between now and the end of the season, but you went specific. One time you said there would be X amount of coaches fired on Black Friday of, or Black Monday of the NFL, and it was like. And they were, but not not on that that Monday. I I trust that our listeners are are intelligent enough to know exactly what I was trying to say. They're going to do the right thing. They'll do, yes. (laughs) I trust the process. When it comes to to our listeners, all right, we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's give them listeners get. I don't know listeners get an hour because we're not going to give them twenty four hours. We're going to give them an hour. That's fine. All right, we'll come back to it uh, before the Royce segment. So, with that, uh, Judd, you're batting two thirty and slugging four seventeen. I'm batting two sixty, hanging in there, slugging four fifty five. Manny does not have a hit yet. Listeners are batting two thirty five and slugging four forty one, okay. and the guests are batting only two fourteen and slugging six forty seven. So you wanted to be in sports talk radio and have your predictions. Oh, Learn how tough it is. Yep. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right. Over to Judd. Well, three predictions each. Okay. Matt Patricia will be fired by the Lions, and I'm going to do it again after the season. <laughs> Why? Why not just say Matt he'll Patricia be... will be fired? Because I can't just say he'll he'll be fired because he will be fired eventually. All coaches are. He'll be fired between. I'm going to help you. He'll be fired between now and but, no. They're not going to no no no. They're not going to fire him. They're not going to. I, I will be absolutely shocked. They will fire him. They're going to allow him to get through the 16 games. Okay. So I don't need between now. They're, they're not going to fire him. If he gets fired in week 17, you're forfeiting and write that down. You know though. what? I'm going, I, I believe, I believe I will be vindicated in my wording of things. Matt Patricia <laughs> will be fired the by the Lions after the season. Stubborn until the write end. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Over to Manny. Khalil Mack will get at least two sacks on Sunday night. Okay. I feel like this is your first hit potentially. Yeah. He'll get two sacks, at least two sacks on Sunday night. Do you want to? Sh- this this would be I'd say this would be a double, two sacks in the game. Do you want to make it a home run? No, I just I just or triple, get, I, triple. I gotta get I gotta strip get on sack base. could be a triple because it's Kirk yeah. Cousins. I I gotta get on base. I just we'll, for we'll a leave, touchdown, we'll, grand slam. <laughs> 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 Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. I just need a hit. 
Uh, write this down. Yeah, you, Manny's predictions are just going to hey. be like the Vikings will. The plane will land yeah. in Chicago. <laughs> the Vikings will wear purple at their next home game. <laughs> Uh, write this down. The Vikings will win against the Bears, and they will also win against the Packers. The Vikings will win their next two games in prime time, and uh, with that, they'll have more of a stranglehold on the division. So the Vikings, I'm right. predicting, get two huge wins and change the way that we're thinking about this season once we uh, fast forward two weeks from now. Write this down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. So just before today's show started, I, I went to our website, 1500ESPN.com, and there's a naysayer on there. Just This is typical. A commenter or a columnist? No, a columnist. The headline is, Bears will provide big-time test for Vikings fumble-prone cousins. And this is the type of thing that ticks me off. Can't just be cousins. This is, be fumble-prone. This is the type of thing that ticks me off. And therefore, I am going to give you this. Write that down. Kirk Cousins will not have a fumble on Sunday night. Kirk Cousins will not fumble the ball. I'm not just saying he won't turn it over. I'm saying he will not have a fumble because these people at our website, these columnists, these naysayers, really, yeah. really grind my gears. <laughs> Kirk Cousins will not have a fumble on Sunday night. Yeah, couldn't just couldn't just beat Kirk Cousins in the headline. You got to do the drive by. Yeah. Got to tag fumble him as a fumble. Hyphenated too. Yeah. Oh boy, write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Manny. At this point next year, Kevin Durant will be a Nick. Ooh, Kevin Durant will be a New York Nick at this point next season. I feel like that's a huge career mistake if that happens. Oh, it's a little testy out there in Oakland right now. Even if he lands Kyrie Irving or Jimmy Butler, so he has a nice little tandem player and Porzingis is there, is that team really one of the five best teams in the NBA? If they have Porzingis, KD, and let's say Kyrie Irving. It's a good start. Good. Okay, They're pretty good. Fisdale's a, a damn good coach. All right. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Write this down, gentlemen. Aaron Rodgers, at some point before the end of the year, will sit multiple games due to, and I air quote, injury. General soreness? I don't know. I got a feeling that Aaron Rodgers is done with this-ish. General soreness. <laughs> the look on his bearded face oh, last he's night. he's miserable. He's been miserable for months. zero chance he plays every game the rest of the year. I think... Now that they're under 500 and they got some tough games still on the schedule, he's going to find reason to sit out week 15. Oh, it's 10 degrees outside. Ugh, the old shoulder's not really feeling it. Who's, soreness. Who's more miserable, Thibodeau or Aaron Rodgers? They you should know, form a club. Aaron, Aaron, have you guys ever seen the movie Amityville? The original one from the 70s or the early 80s? Ages ago. Where it's this nice family that moves into this house in New York, right? And Throughout the two hours movie, uh, they realize that the house is haunted, and it's the dad that goes from happy, no beard, hey, we're going to bring the family to the new house, and by the end, he's got this full beard, he's wearing flannel, and he's like killing everyone with an axe. Aaron Rodgers feels like, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like the end of Amityville, he's like a 7.8 right now. Keep him away from sharp objects. That look in his eyes. Write this down. It's not good. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Judd. All right, I'm going. I'm about to lay down possibly my hottest write that down take since this segment started. Okay, and that's a lot of write that downs, but I'm pretty convinced this could happen, and this is going to shock everyone in this room. And if you're driving, put a foot near the brake because you might go off the road. The Minnesota Golden Goal for football team will upset the Wisconsin Badgers a week from Saturday wow. in Madison. Oh, the Badgers are having big. They're, they're having a bad season. They're off the rails. 
And the Gophers learned Eureka how to tackle. The Gophers' offense is not that bad. I love how you. I love how your argument in part. Five minutes ago, for your previous <laughs> prediction was, well, like the season's over, the season's over, and now you just laid down a Gophers taking the axe down. back for the first time in twenty years. Well, it felt like it was done at that point. <laughs> they have not won. I, they have not won at Camp Randall since what ninety four ish. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, that's uh, like the Lions and Lambeau, man. Like it just never happens. Yep. I've got a prediction on the board from the beginning of last Gopher football season, saying the Gophers will beat the Badgers in either 2017 or 18. So you and I are living and dying mm. by the same game here. Write Saturday. it down. You like writing things down? Write this down. All right, back to Manny. The Timberwolves, regardless of where they finish in the standings, they're not going to make the playoffs, and they will still get a top three pick. Okay. Okay. So they they don't necessarily have to have one of the three worst records in the league. They will get a top three pick. They will somehow find a way into the top three of the lottery. Like they'll make a trade? No, they'll they'll miss the playoffs and they'll end up, they'll move up they'll get into luck. the top three. So they'll get lucky. Yeah. Okay. Or, or they'll, they'll finish, trade. Or they'll finish with one of the three worst records and end up with a top three pick. Anyway. Or Glenn Taylor goes on vacation and Tom Thibodeau takes that opportunity to trade Carl Anthony Towns for the number two overall pick. <laughs> Glenn Taylor comes back. What happened? Write this down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Les Miles is back. Breaking news today. Les Miles is now the head coach of Kansas. Just a terrible... They had one year a <laughs> few he, years ago. What's he doing? Charlie Weiss coached there for five minutes while Notre Dame was still paying him, if I remember correctly. Last good coach there was Mace. Right? Yeah, 20 years ago. Uh, Mangino had a nice run. Yeah, they were okay for a while. went to an orange bowl with Mangino. (laughs) But Les Miles is going to come in and try to play defense in the Big 12, okay? Good good luck. (laughs) Les Miles will be fired by Kansas within two years. So by the the end of the 2020 calendar year, Les Miles will have been fired by Kansas. So he'll be fired? He won't, like... No, he'll get fired. He'll get fired. Yeah. Okay. You're fired. Write it down. You like writing things down? Yeah. Uh, have we seen the money? Do we know how much money? Because he was the runner-up to the PJ Fleck hire. Yeah, remember they flew Les Miles in, and we were tracking. The I plane was rooting and... for Les. Why does it? Why didn't he just do like Howard Schnellenberger did and just like coach at one of the Florida schools or something yeah. like Florida Atlantic or something? Well, uh, Lane, Lane Kiffin's Lane already Kiffin's doing there, that. But, but FIU like, job was taken. You could take like FIU or something like that. Who's coaching down at FIU? Like you do Jonathan, that. look that up. Who's coaching at FIU? Like, go, <laughs> go to Florida less. Don't go to Kansas. Uh, the football hour is coming up here shortly on Mackie and Judd. It includes Matthew Collar and Sage Rosenfels and plenty of Packer vent line. Go, Pack, go! I'm not, once again, Jeff Rolowski, I'm not absolving Mike McCarthy of anything. I think the Green Bay Packers, they all got some play in it. It all stinks. All of them. Who coaches FIU? Butch Davis. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Butch Davis. Former <laughs> Browns coach. Yeah. So he did the Howard Snellenberger after coaching at Miami. Yeah, good That's for it. Butch. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. 94 eastbound. We've got a crash between 3rd Avenue and uh, Highway 65. That's causing an eight-minute delay uh, here in Minneapolis. So be on the lookout for that. It's near the Lowry Tuttle. Be careful out there, folks. Thank you, Manny. All right, let's come up with 
I, I saw your Wolves trivia question via email earlier today, where you have to name the three uh, leading scorers yeah. in their inaugural season, and thought, I don't know if anyone's going to Let's cut down that. to one. Well, hold on. I, I actually have a di- just to set the scene new, so we can just go with a different question. I've got one that I think is fair, because we have two different pairs of Wolves tickets to give away here to, let's say, the first two callers to get one of these answers. Well, let's do it this way. If you can name, other than Kevin Garnett, who, the, the the three players who played the most minutes in Timberwolves history. Kevin Garnett's one of them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Who are the other two? So we'll need, uh, if I guess if they both name the same one of them, we just, just name one of the two other guys who played the most minutes in Wolves history. And you'll be sitting uh, somewhere, I think we have some decent seats for that game tonight against Portland with the Prince-themed uniforms. 651-646-8255. 877-615-1500. Uh, the answer for you guys in there is... Got that? Got it. Okay. Jeez, I didn't think my question was that hard. Well, there's a... Inaugural season, top three scores. I think if you could name, if to name one of them, it would be easy. But to name all three was... I was you know what? I was, just, I was just trying to make people earn those tickets. <laughs> By the way, this poll... For my write that down about Rob Smith is going to go down to the wire. Right now, it's uh, 1500 ESPN's Twitter account. Judd's prediction was Rob Smith being fired as Gophers DC at the end of the season. Did at 1500 ESPN Judd make a correct prediction? Because I did say at the end of the season, and obviously he was fired after the Illinois loss. 49% saying yes, I did make a correct prediction. 51% saying no. What was the fr- 47 you, minutes left to vote? How was it phrased again? Judge, pr- Judge's prediction was Rob Smith uh, being fired as Gophers defensive coordinator at the end of the season, which yeah. is what I said. Yeah. Did I make a, cor- a correct prediction? Because he was fired, but obviously he was fired after the yeah. Illinois loss. So 51% right now saying no, I did not. 49% saying yes. 47 minutes left to vote. Okay. By the way, uh, the first wave of callers all apparently whiffed on that minutes question. So 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Next question, are the Who? Wolves good or not? <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like this isn't that hard of a question. In in Timberwolves history, the three players who've played the most minutes in Timberwolves history, one of them is Kevin Garnett. Who are the other two? I'll even give a hint just so we can. These guys both played in the 90s. These are players who played in the 90s. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. So it's not Kevin Love. It's not Ricky Rubio. It's not Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is actually fifth in total minutes played in Timberwolves history. Luke Longley? He didn't crack the top ten on this list I have. Felton Spencer? (laughs) Uh, Felton Spencer might be coming back. If they brought Cherokee Parks back to celebrate the other night, it's possible Felton Spencer Cherokee looks good, man. He's still in great shape. He is Did you not, see him in person? Yeah, he was standing right by us. He he has not allowed himself to go. Still in great shape and all tatted up. That's all, that, I, I forgot that guy had a lot of tattoos. Yeah, a he, lot of tattoos. Yeah, Duke, right? Yes, he did go to Duke. So was he Duke? Was he post Leitner? I don't know what the timeline was, or was he just before Leitner? I forget. But yeah, he he was a nice college player. I feel like he came around a little bit after Leitner, but I, I don't right. I don't know if those guys played together. I did a story on, for, for the Wolves game program on him once. Pretty sure I did. It's been a long time. Did you know the Packers lost last night? No.
Give me your thoughts on this team reorganizing. 2006, there was a young receiver named Greg Jennings, and he was wide open, and the ball went sailing over his head. And after the game, he said, yeah, but Brett just overthrew me. The next day, when Jennings was told, you will be at your locker, no, I made a mistake. There's this thing that's been going on for 25 years in Green Bay that the quarterback can never do anything wrong. And it's going on, continues with the second generation of Aaron Rodgers. And tonight we're blaming these rookie receivers. Now that's a lot on Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's talking about how great Devontae is. Well, about Aaron Rodgers has to be out there with two rookie receivers. How about that's him not throwing easy. guys open about how great Tom he is? Tom Brady never gets stuck with two rookie receivers. They always bring in free agents. They always bring in experience. Nevertheless, there's this crap where the quarterback can never do anything wrong in Green Bay. And as smart as Aaron Rodgers is, as talented as he is, as secure ball security is with never throwing an interception, they need to call this guy out. <laughs> call <Yep>. him. <laughs> He's losing games. He what? can't hit the side of a barn on third down. Tonight. Who is this? Yep. They, they let that game slip away. And his coach should start calling him out. <laughs> okay, who... Uh, who was that with Bill Michaels? It's That's it's, their third host. Uh, oh, the guy who's usually at the game. I forget his name. Mike something. Someone needs to start calling out perhaps the greatest quarterback of all time. In fact, Dude, the, co- in fact the coach who's about to lose his job should try and keep his job by calling out the guy that you, the, the quarterback that you just signed to a huge contract extension. Like, the dude just complained about 25 years of great quarterback yes. play. Like, how do you do that? Man. I would kill for four years of great quarterback play. We, you know, and he just complained about 25 years of it. We need, next time Packer Ventline's happening, it's on the fan in Milwaukee, the green and gold postgame show. Who do they play next week? If they get, the next time. They play us. That's right. They play the Vikings. <laughs> that's actually a good time. We, we need Vikings fans to call that show and just tell them, just set them straight. No, you, you can't possibly think you're watching bad quarterback play, right? Like, you can't possibly think that Aaron Rodgers is a losing piece to your puzzle. The fact that they're defending McCarthy at all is inexplicable. I know. Oh, God, it's glorious. The coach needs to call him out. I have another tweet for you. Yeah. To Bill Michaels. Question. Is this the start of A-Rod skills diminishing? Do the Packers draft their heir to this throne in April? <laughs> That's got to be sarcastic. About? What are you talking about? He's already on the rosters. Deshaun Kaiser, man. Oh, my God. Deshaun Kaiser's the future, right? Go, Pat, go! So, back to McCarthy. Uh, six touches for Aaron Jones in the second half. We have a poor man's Kamara on our team. This guy should be getting 20 to 25 touches a game. Go, Pat, go! The Football Hour is next with Matthew Collar and Sam.